Welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast, where each week we talk about all things related to the world of learning and development, including facilitation, instructional design, sales enablement, and so much more. I'm your host, Sarah Canistra, and I'm an L&D strategist and career coach, and I'm here to take the guesswork out of becoming an L&D professional and show you how to unlock continued success in your learning and development career. I'm on a mission to quickly develop the next generation of L&D leaders who are looking to create meaningful and engaging learning experiences. So, if you're looking to transition into L&D for the first time, have found yourself accidentally in a training position, or are working up the ranks as an L&D professional already, you've come to the right place. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Overnight Trainer Podcast. I'm super excited you are here today. I am having, you know, I like to share share everything with y'all. Uh, my partner and I were supposed to move into our, our new house that we just bought. We're first-time homeowners. And uh, we were supposed to move in on Friday and Thursday we got there and there was a giant leak. So <laughs> we had to quickly pivot and move everything into storage and we are currently in an Airbnb. So if you hear, let's see, the TV going off, the air conditioning is rattling like crazy, uh, train, we're actually right by a train track. <laughs> so if you hear any and all of those things uh, during today's episode, uh, that is why. But just wanted to share with y'all and you know sometimes you got to make lemon lemonade I say make lemons out of lemonade make lemonade out of lemons and we're just kind of rolling rolling with the punches and uh just thankful for homeowners insurance so (laughs) appreciate y'all bearing with me if there is any background noise today but I'm excited it is a new week and I have so many things to celebrate I'll keep it short and sweet because I really want to get into today's episode but uh, a couple of things I want to celebrate first is I have several one-on-one career coaching clients right now two to be exact who last week made some small yet mighty and powerful tweaks to their LinkedIn and already within just a handful of days they are getting incredible offers in their inbox from recruiters. Roles that they have only ever dreamed about uh, are coming to, coming to them. And that's a big part of the work that I do inside of my group coaching program is really helping you define what would that look like for you to receive that, right? And then being able to craft what I call your niche and really craft your resume, your LinkedIn, you know, what, all of those those parts of the job search, really craft that so you're attracting what it is that you really want. And so if you're interested in that program, uh, you can go to my website, theovernighttrainer.com, go to the work with me, a little tab at the top, and there's more information about the group coaching program there. And then I do just want to celebrate one of my uh, business coaching clients. Uh, Wow, just so much, so many incredible things have been happening with my business coaching clients in all honesty. But uh, last week, one of my clients, launched a brand new webinar series and over 20 people registered and on the call before the call even wrapped up several people were already messaging uh, this person asking how they could work with them and it's just so exciting to see people taking their previous experience and utilizing it to help teach other people and coach other people Uh, and that's what's incredible and so 
I know I've mentioned it before and I have a a whole podcast episode coming out on the same day as this as well uh, around my new business coaching program, which is called LNDEO. And really what it is, it's taking if you have an LND background and you want to start your own business, it's taking all those fundamentals that we know from being LND professionals, from being educators, you know, whatever that kind of learning background is, taking that into the business world. So if you want to be a coach, if you want to be a freelancer, if you want to be a consultant, if you want to be a mixture of all three of those, uh, I did that in 2021. I was a mixture of all three of those. And you want to build a business around any and or all of those, this program is really for you. We're going to go over you know, how to define your audience, what your offers look like, how to create content, marketing, sales, right? All the components that I utilized in 2021 to grow my business from $0 to over $300,000 in revenue, all without hustling. And I did a whole episode on, you know, how to how to work in this world without without hustling and how to go for your dreams without hustling. So because of all the drama with my house and all of that, I am extending the early bird pricing. So we're going to start this program. It's four, it's four months. It's small group coaching. Um, there's only two seats left inside the entire program. Uh, it's going to be four months. We're going to go every single week. We're going to meet together. You also have one-on-one coaching calls with me every single week. And again, there's a whole... I'm sorry, you have one-on-one coaching calls with me every single month, uh, group coaching calls every single week. But there is a whole podcast episode dedicated to uh, going deep inside the program. So if you're interested, I highly suggest listening to that. But just so you know that this Friday, whatever this Friday's date is, let me look real quick here. Let's have you all long, long for the ride with here. Uh, this Friday, February 25th. So if, gosh, I can't believe it's already the almost end of February. Um, if you're listening live, f- Friday, February 25th is the last day to register for the LNDEO program, the business coaching program, uh, to get the early bird discount, which is $1,500 off. We are not talking about jump change here, people. So if you're interested, DM me on LinkedIn, shoot me an email, hello at theovernighttrainer.com. We can get you set up for this incredible program. All right. Speaking of moving from L&D into coaching, it's the perfect episode for today. Uh, I have Melissa Lawrence on today's show. So Melissa is a former biopharma L&D leader turned career and life coach. Like I said, perfect, perfect to talk about their transition between going from L&D to having her own coaching business. So Melissa helps people of all identities get unstuck, know their path, and advance their careers on their terms. Through her coaching, Melissa helps her clients go from burnt out, unmotivated, unseen, and passed over to certain, happy, and aligned in their careers. And through her podcast, which I was on a few months back, Navigating Your Career, Melissa blends psychology with professional development to help people navigate career challenges and achieve their goals. Melissa Lawrence, welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast. How are you doing today, girl? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to be to be hosting you uh, a couple of weeks ago, you, you hosted me on, on your show. So I'm, I'm so excited. You wanted to uh, spend a little bit more time with me today. That's <laughs> so fun. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited to have you on the show for a zillion reasons. I mean, first and foremost, because I love and adore you. Uh, but as I got to know you and for the listeners, Yolanda, uh, Yolanda, Melissa and I have the same coach, Yolanda. Uh, and that's how we, we met. And what we found through meeting is that we have a very similar background and have both gone into the coaching space, but in kind of different, different areas and arenas. And so that's a huge reason why I wanted to have you on the show is because 
you are someone who has successfully transitioned out of corporate L&D. A lot of people listening are trying to transition into corporate L&D. <laughs> You've transitioned out of it um, into running your own coaching practice, which is so exciting. And I know more and more people I've been talking to who have been in the L&D space for a while, or even people that I, I've worked with in, in my career coaching of people thinking they want to get into L&D and then actually realizing they want to be coaches. So that would having you on was so important because I would love for you to share your career journey. So like how you got into L and D in the first place, but then from there, what led you to coaching? Yeah, I would say a lot of pivots and I'll explain them. And every time I say pivot, I think of for like the friends fans, the like couch. Yes. So I'm really good at pivots. So, <laughs> um, so I started my career in government consulting, working in child welfare. Um, cause I really thought that I was going to be a social worker. I really loved that society kind of give back and caring for those that need it and making a big impact on the world, which I still very much care about. And I thought that that is the direction that I was going to go. And so that is how I started my career. And as I kind of rose through management in that area, I found myself really drawn to helping people fulfill their goals through coaching. I was a manager of um, several different satellite sites um, and had about 50 people reporting into me on different levels. And I really loved bringing them together and helping them learn new ways to be effective in their role, to help them figure out what they wanted for their career path. And So I eventually made a pivot, that first pivot into the pharma biotech space when I realized that the higher I got in management, the more I got removed from that L&D component. And I really wanted to feel more connected about that and understand how the brain works and how it connects to learning and how it can really impact people in their career. So I moved into pharma biotech as a trainer for um, quality assurance auditors through a contract research organization which I think is now owned by LabCorp. It was Covance at the time. And they hired me to onboard their auditors. And so I worked in that space for a little bit. Then I ended up pivoting into instructional design. And so I did that for a while. And then I had the opportunity to do some performance consulting and some triaging of learning needs. And then I had this great opportunity to show up some from Wisconsin and Um, I had a colleague of mine reach out that was out on the East coast in Maryland, which is where I am now saying, I work for this company. We're having this role open up for a research and development manager. And you would be responsible for kind of bringing these different parts of the learning organization together. And you would be able to manage a team. And I thought, well, this is a great opportunity. It's really connecting what I was doing on the management side and government consulting with the L&D. So I uprooted my family. We moved to Maryland. And that company got acquired by GlaxoSmithKline a year later. So made that move and that by stated industry, because I really loved, again, it's this love of learning, which I'm sure is going to continue to come up, but I just really loved being in a space where I was constantly learning and being engaged by these scientists that were doing the science was like my worst subject in high school. So, and in college, I just don't like it at all, but I really love other people that love it. I love learning from them. And so, so um, I know, right. So I, uh, I stayed in that, um, that arena and eventually became, um, kind of a director level of talent and development with, um, AstraZeneca, the last company that I worked for. And, um, when I was doing that, I found I was doing more coaching. I was helping with leadership development and I decided to then make that pivot 
into my own business so that I could do that from an unbiased place. So I feel like there was a lot there. So feel free to tease it out. (laughs) No, I think that's great. I mean, when you think about the contributing factors that really made you say, now is the time to start my own coaching business. Like what, what did that look like? Was it a slow progression? Was it a, a mm-hmm. moment where you're, you're like, this is it kind of ha- how did that happen for you? So I would say that what I do is I I'm always following what my interests are. So with the learning and development, when I first got into that, and then when I got into organizational psychology, so that was something that when I was, I was a learning and performance partner, I got really into culture and employee engagement and leadership development. And I had a lot of opinions about what we were doing wrong as an organization. And I had um, a manager at the time say, have you ever thought of just going to school for this? And I was like, what, you can go to school for organizational psychology. I didn't even know that at the time. And so I did that. And so I started doing more and more coaching. And when I was doing coaching with the organization, I found that I kind of had a, um, a conflict with my values when I was doing coaching, because when I was working for an organization, you have to be biased to that organization. You have to be biased. Like, so you have to, HR had to be informed, the employee's manager had to be informed that they were going through coaching. And then of course, when you're doing career coaching, the company wants the employee to stay with the company. And so if I'm coaching someone and really they want to start their own business or they want to go to another company or work in a different industry, it was hard for me to not be honest with them. And so I would be honest with them. And Um, then I felt like I was kind of betraying my company. And so I really felt like I was in the middle. So I started taking some coaching clients outside of work in the evenings, um, and doing more of the career and life coaching. And I really lit up and loved that. And so I knew that that was what I needed to do. And that was really like my calling the next pivot or step that I needed to take in my career. So as far as being ready, I will say that I wasn't ready. I don't think with any big change, you are ready. I think you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I, I would actually even go as far to say that if you are waiting until you're ready, then it's not a big enough growth opportunity for you because you don't have big growth when you're comfortable. So what I did is I established the the LLC for my business. And then, um, about three, Three months later, I decided I was going to actually leave full-time. I put in a really long transition plan, like two years. And (laughs) I ended up giving my notice three months later, but I did that by hiring a coach myself. So it actually came down to like, I'd made this plan. It wasn't a math problem anymore. It was really me just letting go of the identity of this like really successful career that I had created and worked so hard for and no longer being an employee and instead being my own CEO and my own and going on on my own and taking that risk. And so, um, I decided to just come up with everything, the worst case scenario that could happen and how I would handle it. And then I just took the plunge and I'm so glad I did. I love that. I I often with a lot of my coaching clients that we do exercises around Tim Ferriss talks about it on fear setting, right. And, and really looking at, okay, what is the worst possible thing that could happen? Mm -hmm. Most likely it won't. But if it does, how do you handle that? And kind of already kind of having that planned out almost gives it a sense of like, okay, I can handle this. I can do this. I can take that plunge. And I love how you talked about no one's ever ready. And, and I, I hear it a lot of times like, oh, when I, when I do this or when I do that, or when I get this and when I get that. And I was, I just did a, 
a podcast episode a, a few weeks ago about around certifications and a lot of people becoming certification junkies because they're on a quest to feel ready for something. And mm-hmm. so I love that you're hearing about it. You're not, you're never going to feel ready. Sometimes you have to have to take that jump. So when you think about your corporate L and D role and then being in talent development and your coaching practice, what do you see as some of the biggest parallels between the two and and what did you bring in from your, your past life and in, in L and D and talent development mm-hmm. that you are using now in your own coaching practice? Yeah, I think that's such a great question. I, I think there's a lot of overlap and I definitely brought a lot of that L and D component into my business. Um, because L and D to me was all about kind of the employee experience, how to help them do their job better, how to help them be more effective, how to help them feel engaged and happy to be at work. Um, to build community. Um, and that was a lot of what I was responsible for in my corporate L&D space. And that's a lot of what comes over to my my coaching practice as well. I think that they're different and that the, the corporate L&D space, you're often catering to kind of the lowest common denominator. Mm-hmm. So you might have, for example, a communication training or program or a leadership development program, but it's relatively generic. And it's also based on the principles of whatever the company you work for believes in. And what I found is a lot of people, even they, we would have coaches come in too. And people that would go through some of these programs would get like a coaching session once a month, but there wasn't really an investment from the provider of this training, even if they're internal to the individual employee. And so people would go through these programs and they'd be like, Oh, that was so great. I learned so much. And then they would go back to their jobs and kind of lose some of that momentum and not really apply it. And so it didn't have the impact that it could. And also when it's something that's given by a whole organization, it's not specific to you and your blind spots and where you need to develop and what you're interested in. And so with coaching, I'm really able to leverage whatever your company is providing you, but then build on it and say, okay, what's not working for this? Or you want to work on communication. You got this training. Is this really working for you? Cause maybe that's not the right tool for you because it's not about the tool or the training or the event. It's really about what you're learning and how you're applying it. And if you're making progress and coaching really allows you that safe container to practice, to fail, to get coaching, to evaluate what's working, to find what works for you and to actually make lasting change. I love that. And I think, you know, there's been such a, a move forward. And I think we talked about this in, in, on your podcast about how, there is this move towards more modern learning and how to, to make things more personalized, but it's really hard to do that you know, on a, on that high level from a, a business perspective without incorporating coaching into it. And, and the coaching piece is what makes it so personalized. And so creating a, a business around that is so special that people have you right outside of their organization to, to really be themselves and to speak freely and openly, but also be able to connect back to what's happening inside of their organization and, and combine those two together. Yeah, definitely. And I think progressive companies should be looking at having coaches that they bring in to help with all of their development, because I was just talking to, um, uh, the HR leader of a company the other day, and she was saying that they brought in for their leadership development, they had this program and they learned a lot of different tools. And because they're trying to have the approach of everyone can find something that works for them and not one generic tool or process, 
they're giving people so many different options and then they're overwhelmed and they're kind of hodgepodging and putting them together, but then they're still not working and there's no application. It's like, okay, now you know how to be, how to build trust in your team, be mindful of trust and go build it. And it's like, there's the accountability or the how to actually make that happen. And I think coaching, especially if you can have that safe space with a coach and consistent regular sessions, then you can really dig into like what the problem is and make the change. Yeah, definitely. And everyone comes to the table too, with their own, we, we talk about this and with our coach like of limiting beliefs and you know, stories that we've told ourselves over the, over the years and, and stories that we've been told gaslighting all these things that have happened to us mm-hmm. and that shapes kind of how we show up. And so having a coach to not only help you with the hard skills, I hate using that, but that kind of hard skill, right. But also working with you to remove some of those internal blocks that make you not trustworthy or trusting of your organization that prevent you from communicating well or prevent you from showing up as a, as a great leader. So I think having a coach is also so important because we're not therapists by any means, but we do help you remove some of those blocks and those stories that you told yourself. And I think that's, that's also, I think what is missing from the corporate space is that they just say, here's a model, go do the model, Mm -hmm. be the model, live the model, breathe the model. And it's, so much more than that, you know, the way that we're all observing this model happening is from different, such different perspective and lenses based on experiences that we've had outside. So I I find it so, so exciting to see that there are organizations and hearing that you are talking to HR leaders about bringing in a coach from, from the outside. And that really makes me, I want to talk more about the work that you are doing now, which is coaching people on not feeling stuck in their career. So I know a lot of people listening to this show feel stuck right now and wherever that they are. And there's a big feeling of hopelessness that comes with that feeling of being stuck. You literally feel like you are in quicksand and you can't get out of it. So can you share some success stories? I always want people to hear the success stories of clients that you've had that have gone from feeling hopeless to feeling hopeful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a couple different, um, people that come to mind that just had very different outcomes, but kind of came to me for the same reason. So the first I'll talk about is she had come to me. She is in risk management and she's a a leader in that space. And she felt like she couldn't, um, get the visibility that she wanted. She wasn't influencing effectively. Her boss didn't seem to really understand her perspective. She felt that she was more of an expert in her space than some of her peers. And, she was frustrated and she was looking at jobs. She was looking to move. She was like, I'm going to get another position. I'm even going to move my family. I just, I want to figure out what that next move is. So I know that if I'm moving, that it's actually going to be something that's going to be a change for me. And so what we did is we looked at those immediate pain points. So how she was influencing, how she was communicating with her manager, the boundaries she was having at work with her work-life balance. Cause like most people, she was really overworked and we made immediate changes, which helped her feel better right away right? Cause we don't want to wait for figuring out what that next step is three months from now and be miserable while you wait. So we have to make you feel better right away by doing those quick wins. And then when we went through the exploration process that I take people through, she discovered that what she wanted actually was her own business. So she didn't even want to work in risk management anymore. What she wanted was to be a financial coach and to stage homes. <laughs> so completely different wow. than what she was doing. 
<laughs> yeah. So then we pivot again. I think that's the word of the day. For me today. <laughs> so we pivot. I love to, it. I love yeah, it. So like, what can we do to help you do that? How can we make it comfortable for you? Because that's a really big change, right? So I never want to put anyone in a position where it's like, okay, we've discovered that this is your ideal career. Go do it. Right. We want to make sure that it's going to be a good fit. So I walk her through some different methods that she can use to test out and research if this is really going to be a good fit. Kind of like with me when I did practice clients um, and had night clients when I was still working in corporate to say, is this really what I want to do? Or is it just the grass is greener complex? So we go through some of that to make sure that it really sits with her before she makes any big moves. And now it's funny because now her husband also is like, well, maybe I want my own business. Maybe like this isn't right for me either. And now he's doing that work. So it really has a ripple effect. Now, the other person that isn't, that came to mind, that's not, um, as drastic of a change is she came and thought, um, she wasn't really valued in her team that, um, and she was more of kind of an employee engagement type person. And she worked in a biologics operations, very technical space. And she's like, well, they're doing, you know, bottom line type work and I'm doing employee engagement and, um, kind of some of the, the softer, if we're going to use hard and soft work. And so I don't think I'm valued as much. And she was considering going to another department or, um, going to another company. And what we discovered is she actually loved her job and wanted to be in the same department. She just wanted a role that didn't exist at the time. And so in the time that we worked together, um, over a year, she got promoted twice. She just announced her second one on LinkedIn, which is so exciting. But the first one was she got promoted to the next level. So she got promoted to like a senior manager type role. And then what we did is I helped her work with her management to create the job description for the job that she wanted to have and to create that business case. And she just got put into that role at a director level. And she just announced that, which is like so amazing. That's so exciting. Yeah. And people don't yeah. think that's possible. Like I've twice in my career, I've been able to write my own job description and I'm not a special unicorn, but I'm just, I'm a normal person. Like I really, I really am. But I think a lot of people don't realize that that is possible for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I had that same experience. And so like on my podcast, I even have an episode that's like change what you do without changing your title, which is really all about doing that. Like how to position yourself to be able to figure out what it is you want to do and then create the opportunity for yourself. Because I think there's a big misconception that if you just work hard, that you'll be given an opportunity or your manager will come with like, it's not really this cheeky, but it's almost like a catalog of like, here are your new opportunities opportunities because you're such a high performer, choose one for you. Like Vanna White, like yeah. Vanna White tur turning over all the letters right. and for it you. It doesn't work that way. You have to create the opportunity for yourself. I, I love that. I think it's so important. I mean, that, what, that last piece you just said of creating the opportunity for yourself. And it reminds me, I just did a, a post about this the other day, but you know, there's a quote that says like, whether you think you can, or you think you can't, you're right. Mm -hmm. And you know, that, that, idea of, and I've worked in really, really rigid organizations where I've been able to do that. And then very open, progressive, willy nilly organizations where I've been able to do that too. So it's a lot of people think, oh, at my, that must be nice listening to us. Like, oh, must be nice for them wherever <laughs> they were. But I mean, you've worked at very 
rigid organizations, mm-hmm. large organizations, and it was, and it was possible. And you've seen, now seen it possible with other people. So I think a lot of it has to do with that mindset work of, do I deserve this role? Like what, what's telling, what's coming up for you saying that I don't deserve this or this can't happen for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think it's demonstrating from the business perspective that the role is needed as well. So that is something that I had to do because it's, especially with these bigger organizations. I mean, it's not just about if you're a high performer or if your boss likes you enough, it's, you know, is there a business need for this role and how can you demonstrate already that you can fill that need? Because it's not so much of, well, can't you tell that I can do it? You have to show the value. Like that's what I did is I went and, um, I was very fortunate when I was in grad school for org psychology, I was able to practice with my organization. And so I could say, look, we have a problem with employee engagement, or we have a problem with inclusion or with communication or with manager one-on-ones, like, here's a solution. You know, can I test this out with this department that's struggling? Can I do this? Can I do that? And then I would show it and I'd be like, oh my gosh, we need to use this in this department. We need to use this at this other site. And then you become the expert in that space where it just becomes inevitable, where it's not even something that you have to interview for. It's just, of course, you're going to do that because you're already doing it. And I think it's being open too to seeking out challenges and pr- problems that are outside mm-hmm. of your, of your mm-hmm. scope. I think a lot of people feel nervous about going out of their scope. Uh, but I, what happens is those people who have the ability to transcend departments and to grow and, to, and even create their own roles, not only mm-hmm. have they been solving the problems that are given to them, but they're acting essentially as a consultant in some way, shape or form and, and seeking out problems that they, that they know that they can bring, bring value to solve. So I, I really mm-hmm. love that aspect of being able to create, create the business case for yourself, right? For, for your future, right? So it's not, it's for the organization, but also for you too. But I do, again, I know people are listening, like must be nice, not like that at my organization. (laughs) Um, So I do want to look at the reality that, and figure out how do you determine if, if it, that stuckness, right? If it is you or if it's the organization. And I'll use myself as an example, because in my last full-time role, I felt very stuck, like incredibly stuck. I felt like I was having a lot of anxiety, a lot, like a lot of mental health issues around the the stuckness that I was feeling there. Uh, I wasn't growing. And I really felt like I was regressing in all of my skills and capabilities. And at some point though, I realized, wait, I'm not, I'm not stuck. I'm not the one putting me in the quicksand. It is my organization, you know? So what are the key signs that it's not you and that, you know, you've done everything that you can and that it is the organization. And, and once you find out that you're in an organization that will keep you in that quicksand and don't, doesn't want you to get out of it, what do you suggest for people to do in that case? Yeah. So, you know, that is heartbreaking. There are times when you just need to move on and you are in a toxic work environment. So separate from, I would say anything that is illegal or a really awful boss that is abusive, you know, something like that. If we're just talking about development, um, and getting to that next level where you want to be having that growth, I would say the first thing that I do is I really get people to look at the reality of their situation, because when we tell ourselves we're stuck, we continue to believe that we're stuck. 
because your brain is constantly distorting and deleting information to align with whatever it is that you believe. So if you think there aren't opportunities, if you think you can't grow there, then that's all you're going to see is evidence that that's true. So I first look at, let's look at the reality of the situation. Are we looking wide enough? Are we casting our net wide enough? Because sometimes to grow, you have to make friends outside of your immediate group or even your immediate site. I've worked with a lot of global companies. My growth happened from making friends outside of even this country with the right people that were going to advocate for me and help me get into different roles. And so some of it is, you know, do you have the right mentor within your organization that can help you do that? Are you looking like strategically and creatively at opportunities that might be there, not just the obvious ones? And are you pressing yourself to think, okay, if I've done everything, what does that really mean? Because it's impossible to try everything. So there may be something that you haven't tried, but let's say that like, that is true. You've tried everything. You're like, I get it. Like my brain's working against me, but I think I have it mastered kind of thing. (laughs) Then I would say, go ahead and explore opportunities. I think your network is very important. Like the hidden job market is a real thing. I see people, my clients especially get jobs that are never even put on the job market because of their relationships. So I think it's important that you really keep your network warm, not when you need something, but all of the time is to give to your network, not to receive from it. And so I think you can explore that. If you've done that, I think you can explore, see what opportunities are out there. I think there's no harm in applying for other jobs because we get so worked up in, well, what happens if I apply for this job and what if I get it? And do I really want to leave? But the, the best advice I got years ago is you can't turn down a job you haven't been offered. So I would, cause I would be in that same space where I would be like, well, I want this job, but like, I don't think I'm qualified or maybe I'm not going to get it. Or what if I do get it? And then we have to move or like, what would that mean? Or like, I don't, my boss will feel bad if I leave or like, maybe it's going to get better. Like I have a bonus in three months. Like you get so caught up and then you don't do anything. So there's no harm in interviewing, seeing what happens. Sometimes you might get an offer and you can use that for leverage where you are. Sometimes you don't, but then you have that experience of interviewing, you know, what's out there because often sometimes we get, sometimes we can get really caught up in thinking that we're bigger and greater than we are too. So I think we're all great, but I think sometimes we get all like, I deserve this and I deserve that and get really entitled. And it can also be a wake up call. If you go and you're not getting those bites or you're not getting what you think you deserve, then it can cause you a really good growth opportunity to look at why is that? And what is, what can I do about that? How can I develop either where I am or if I choose to go somewhere else? But in some cases it's, you can just get a better opportunity and move on. And that's okay too. I love that you talked about well, so many things that you mentioned in there. I absolutely loved, but especially utilizing your, your network and that not just using it when you need it, but actually, I mean, I know it's so cheesy and I've said this in a bunch of my podcasts, but they say like your network is your net worth. And it mm-hmm. really, it's, it's so much more than that. It it's, it's fr- And especially now in the COVID world that we're living in that some of my best friends I met on LinkedIn never even met them, never met them in person. Like these are, these are people who I consider best friends of mine, really great people who we've just connected over different posts and stuff. And so I know that if I needed to enter back into a job market, that I have these friends and these relationships that I have made with no expectations. And I really, really love how you brought that, brought that up. And I I had a client uh, this week or last week and 
when she was reaching out to people to, to connect and network, she was having a lot of high expectations around it and a lot of receiving versus, versus giving or even just neutrality around it. And this week we started talking in her session. And the first thing she said was, you know, I reached out to this person and she's like, I had no expectations. They, their background just seemed so interesting and really aligned with mine. And they worked for this organization. I I had worked there in the past too. And, you know, I just felt a, a connection to this person and wanted to just chat with them. That person, they had a great conversation and was like, wait, I have a job here for for you. Connected them to the hiring manager and had an interview yesterday, like all within a a matter of days. But again, going into it with no expectation of just, hey, we have a really similar background and I want to get to get to know you. Mm -hmm. And so I really love how you, you mentioned that. And then on top of it too, just knowing, being able, you, you talked about what I like to call it like proof of concept like test, test, going out there and testing the waters, talking to people, applying for jobs. No, no one, no one's holding a gun to your head saying you have to go to that job. Even if you get it amazing, that's proof of concept that if you do want to leave, you have the opportunity to do it. So I really, really appreciate that you, that you mentioned that. And, and kind of one thing on that same topic, I want to talk about, and this is something that comes up a lot in my coaching. And I, I, I have a, wonder if it doesn't comes up in yours. I'm assuming it does, but is that people believe that being happy at work is a falsity that mm-hmm. it's a unicorn. It's a pipe dream. You know, only unicorn companies, right? All of that. So I, what I've noticed for my clients who say that, right. I've never experienced. It's not true. Must be nice. It must be a unicorn company. Where are they? I've never been able to find them. I realized they've never experienced it. So they have a very, very, very hard time believing that it can be true for them. So what do you say for those people who think that way? Yeah, I, yeah, I get that. And it goes back to really what I said before about if you don't believe something is true or possible, then you're going to find all the evidence that that's true. And I spent years, I mean, honestly, I think I spent a lot of my life convincing myself of things that I couldn't have or weren't possible for me. And it really applies to every part of your life, right? Like if it's a fitness goal, it's like, well, they're naturally that way. Or if it's something with work, well, I don't have the charisma for that type of job. Or, you know, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Like we always come up with all of the reasons why we can't have what it is that we want. And I think that's really coming from a place of fear because what if you try like what it, to me, it's like completely illogical. It's logical in your mind to think, I don't think I can be happy at work. I think this is something that's fake. And then you find evidence that that's true. So that's logical in your mind. But if you kind of look at it objectively, you have something in you that's saying it's possible, or it wouldn't even be a point of conversation for you. So if you know, or even guess just a little bit that maybe it could be, what's the harm in exploring it? Because you're already unhappy. So it's not going to get any worse, but it's going to get better. And that's what is so magical about what happens when I work with clients is they just have to get to the point that they believe that there's something more for them, that it's possible that they can feel differently, that they could have a job that they love. That's all they need to get started. And then we work on it and they see it. And then when they see at the end, after we say we work together for a few months, they look back 
they can't even believe things that they said, thoughts that they had because they, it's completely changed their life. I'm like, literally have not to be cheesy. I literally have children right now talking about this, but like, it just changes everything about them. Like my clients, I mean, they changes the way they parent their kids, how they talk to their kids about what's possible, their marriages. Like it changes so much because you're one person, you're taking one brain with you everywhere you go. And if you're like approaching life with, this isn't possible for me, then how are you looking at like your kids and telling them that they can do anything? How are you looking at your friends and saying that? Why is it different for you? That's just your fear. And it's okay. Like, I totally get it. Like my hope for people is that they can create enough belief in themselves about what is, could be possible that they take an action to see. All you have to do is take an action to see, to explore it and let the rest work itself out. Like have a trusted guide, have a coach help you. But just because you don't have it doesn't mean it's not real. I think that's so, so powerful. And something my mom always says is just, just do the next right thing. You know, I think a lot of people think, okay, maybe they start to believe it just a little bit, like a fraction, fraction of a percentage start to believe it. But then they, they think, okay, how do I go zero to a hundred? And rather than going zero to a hundred in your belief, right? That doesn't work that way. We don't, we don't create beliefs in, in just a matter of seconds that, that that takes lots and lots of information layering upon each other to, to formulate a true belief. So rather than trying to go zero to a hundred, let me, I need to believe this right now. How do you go zero to 10 and then 10 to 20 and 20 to 30 and 30 to 40. And then to your point, several months later, you look back and you're like, whoa, like who, what, who was that person? It's almost, it, you're almost unrecognizable in that sense of mm-hmm. that. And then, then the, the real magic happens. Cause you're like, wait, if I can, if I can bring, call this in for myself based on my thought, what else is possible? And that's when I see the huge shift in people when it's, you know, I, I'll in the beginning and, and our coach says this too, you know, borrow the faith I have in you until you have it in yourself. And I use that a lot with my clients. And eventually I start to see that they get more and more and more faith and I can, I can pull back, you know, the, mm-hmm. the faith, the faith vending machine, the money I'm putting into it. Um, and eventually like it got to a point too, where I've had clients who are just like, so believe I'm like, okay, wait, let's actually, let's, let's read it back in just, <laughs> like, I'm going to be a billionaire. And I'm like, all right, let's, let's like, let's come like one, two, three steps back, you know, but it's so beautiful to like see them in that moment of, of growth. And so what would you say is your biggest piece of advice for someone who is feeling stuck or feeling unhappy or feeling like it's not possible for them, you know, they're in their current role and they're just feeling there's no way out. What is the number one piece of advice that Melissa Lawrence has for them? (laughs) The pressure. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Be Melissa Lawrence. I would say just to make it really simple and to just do something like take an action because this is gonna, you know, we might need to take out like the emotional first aid kit, but like stuck is a choice. So. I love that. I'm going to borrow that the emotional first aid kit. Yeah, Y'all heard, like, it, heard it here first. But it, it's just, it really is a, like, you always have a choice. Like you don't have to stay where you are. You don't have to stay in the same role. Like you have one life, like you get to do whatever you want in it. And I understand that changes may seem really hard. And I totally understand that there are different family circumstances, there's finances, there's all sorts of things, but 
you can always do something. And so I would really spend some time evaluating what you love about where you are right now, what you would want to take with you in the future and what you'd want to leave behind. Like what is really making you unhappy? What is making you feel stuck? Like I like to use a number scale and use different categories. So you can look at things like work-life balance and your personal growth and your relationship with your manager and the career path or direction that you have and just rate them one to 10 and 10 being I'm super happy in this area. One being I'm super unhappy. And then ask yourself why it's that number. So if you rated it a five, why is it a five? And then what would make it a 10? Cause that will help you really get honest with what is really missing and what you want to see as a change. And then you can take an action towards it. Cause if you don't have any guidance, if you're just, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck. How do you solve? I'm stuck. Like you're not a piece of tape. Like you you have to get a little bit more detailed (laughs) and go into where am I stuck? Why am I feeling this way? And if you can't figure it out, that is honestly where you hire help, whether it be a therapist, if that's appropriate for you, a coach, some, a mentor, a friend, like you, you get help, you reach out. And because I always say like your brain can't solve your brain's problems. Like you are too deep, you are in there and you are operating out of the subconscious most of the time. And so you might not be able to see clearly what it is that your problem is really making you feel in pain and unhappy and stuck. And so get help with someone that can help you see that for yourself. That's so beautiful. Thank you. And I think that advice will really, really resonate with a lot of people who are listening, who feel that, that hopelessness and just know that that's, you know, that's, I like to remind people too, like that's a temporary feeling. You know, mm-hmm. I, and take out your emotional first aid kit. I love that. I think that's so fantastic. So <laughs> one question I asked every person on the show, because I focus mostly on learning and development professionals is what is something that you are learning right now? Yeah, I love that. I'm like, now I need like a specific question. I always <laughs> ask people, I don't have that. Um, so I love of learning is one of my character strengths. So I'm always learning something. I'm someone that that you're going to find reading like four books at the same time, like always consuming something new. So, um, I'm learning a few different things. One is I'm in uh, certification right now for human design with our coach. So I'm learning more how to do human design readings, which is really applicable to the work that I do. Cause it's just another tool to help you really get aligned with who you are as a person and what you're really destined for. Um, so I'm doing that. And I'm also reading a, a really good book. It's called, um, your brain is always listening by it's, um, I think there were Dr. Daniel Amen. So it's really, it's really, it's, it's really tangible. It kind of goes over different things that hold people back in the psychology and what to do to kind of get, go like kind of get unstuck. Like what's something you can do right now when you're feeling anxiety or shame or any of the things that can hold us back. So that's been really interesting. So I've been reading that. Um, and then I've been doing some technical stuff too, going back to my instructional design days with course development and different things. So that's kind of taking me back as well. So, but I love it. I love the variety and always learning something new. I feel like you can never know everything, which can be overwhelming, but also really exciting. Yeah, it's definitely, it's like a, it's such a wide world out there and it's, it's like the universe. It's like, it's constantly expanding. So you'll never catch up to it and you'll never, you can't, you can't be an expert in everything, but anything you're interested in, there's resources for it. That's I think the beauty of the, the world that we live in now. And so many people, you know, yes, there's the dark side of the internet and social media and all of that stuff, but there's that bright side of 
you want to learn something new, you can learn it right now, this second. Like you don't have, you don't have to wait anymore. You can indulge that, that learning mindset immediately. So I think that's that's awesome. And I'll link, I'll link the the books that you mentioned as well. So people are going to be obsessed with you because I'm obsessed with you. And so I know they're going to love you. (laughs) Where can people find you, connect with you, learn how to work with you? No, I like you, I love LinkedIn. So that is a great place to connect with me or follow me. I'm always sharing tips on there and strategies for different career challenges. So I'm on there just under my name, Melissa Lawrence. Um, unlike you, my name is very common. So there's probably multiple, um, but hopefully you'll be able to find me. I think it's Melissa M law is the actual like handle for LinkedIn. Um, but I don't think there's many the link people... in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I love to be. And then if you're looking for just some like immediate, like kind of free help, even I would say, check out my website, um, melissamlawrence.com because that has, um, I have actually have a quiz on there. Are you in the right career that will help guide you? If you're questioning, if you're stuck, if you're not sure if you should make a change and then we'll give you some guidance on what to do. Um, and then also there's a guide on there of like four things to know before you make a move. So if you're really thinking I need to just make a move, there are some things that I recommend so that you can make sure that move is the right one. And so you can get that on my website. Um, there are kind of three ways Well, if you don't cut the corporate, I'll start with the three ways you can work with me directly. Um, And so one is I have a course and it's actually, it's just starting January 10th and that's the um, design your career. And it's all about the process that I take my one-on-one clients through that helps them discover their ideal career based on who they are. So something that's unique about my process is I don't ever look at your resume. So your resume is your past and we're focused on your future. So of course your skills and your interests and all of those things are important, but, um, it's not important for my process. It's not important for you to know where you want to go in the future. And so I have a course that's taking you through that process that's starting up. Um, and then the third thing is my one-on-one coaching. One-on-one coaching is, um, a really, I would say exclusive sacred container where we really work on not just where you want to be in your career, but really where you want to be in your life. This is really like an overhaul of you as a person. Like we identify those blind spots, you know, you might overcome and heal from past trauma or family relationships. Plus you're getting your career advancement. It's really a combination of psychology with personal and professional development to really get you where you want to be and help you see more than what you even think is possible for yourself right now. Melissa, thank you so much for hopping on the show. I know so many people who are feeling hopeless or stuck or not happy at work are going to feel a lot more hopeful just by listening to, to this conversation. So you bring so much value to all the things that you do and all the content that you put out there. And so appreciative of you spending this time with, with me and with us today. And I know that this will be a top episode for a long time because this is a, a hot topic. So thank you so much for spending uh-huh. your time with me today. Thanks, Sarah was so, so happy to be here. It was such a pleasure. Awesome. And we're happy at work together right now. Yes. <laughs> yes. We found our way. Exactly. All right. Thanks, Melissa. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If it resonated with you in any way, please let me know by subscribing, liking, and leaving a review. I'd love to hear from you on how you're using these tools as well as what you want to hear more of. So connect with me on LinkedIn at Sarah Canistra, send me a DM or email me at hello at theovernighttrainer.com. I can't wait to hear from you. And until next week, stay learning.